Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We're joined by John Dwyer, director at Eris Technologies. John, good evening. Good evening. How are you, Peter? I'm great. Glad to have you here. And uh, an old friend, Stephen Ledrew, broadcaster, journalist, and former president of the Liberal Party. I think the last time I saw you was uh, election night, right? It was election night. We were both engrossed. Oh, we had a great time. We'll be engrossed again. We'll be engrossed again tonight, Stephen. I look forward to that, Peter. All right. So you guys have taken a look at uh, some of the news today, and I know you're aware that uh, Canada has sanctioned uh, 17 Saudi nationals over the Khashoggi murder. And I'm going, oh my goodness, should I be quaking in my boots? <laughs> I mean, it, it's here's, here's uh, a quote. It has been nearly two months since the vile premeditated murder, Foreign Affairs Minister Christian Freeland told reporters uh, in Buenos Aires. For the, uh, and she arrived there for the G20, and, and she said the explanations offered to date by Saudi Arabia lack consistency and credibility. So I say to Christia, go to the head of the class. Let's listen to her for a second. Since the world first learned of the horrific murder in Turkey, Canada has been working closely with our allies and partners, including Turkey, to coordinate a response. Today, I am announcing that Canada is imposing targeted sanctions under the Justice for Victims of Corrupt Foreign Officials Act, or Magnitsky legislation, against 17 individuals who, in our government's opinion, are responsible for or complicit in the extrajudicial and extraterritorial killing of Mr. Khashoggi. These sanctions freeze the Canadian assets of these individuals. These individuals are also inadmissible to Canada pursuant to the Immigrant and Refugee Protection Act. All right. That Whoa. was uh, Christia Freeland. So let's start wow. with you, John Dwyer. Uh, right. you, who cares? Before I put my cynical boots on, I mean, I know we see this stuff on such a macro perspective, but look, the man walked into uh, the embassy, was strangled, murdered, dismembered. I mean, it's horrific. It's awful. Uh, but, but, but for us to treat it, like this is some new thing that just happened and Saudi Arabia was like the shining star of, uh, of treating folks uh, civilized uh, and, 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 and more importantly for allowing journalism to become free, uh, if, if we can even say that anymore, um, is a fallacy. And Christy Freeland, former journalist, I get it. I understand why she's doing it. If it wasn't a journalist, it probably wouldn't have this kind of media coverage. But... It's it's a you know it's a, it's a flash in the pan and it's well, really well, really. Not a well, Stephen, Stephen, it's a nothing. I'm, when I say who cares, I'm not talking about poor Mr. Khashoggi. I'm talking about the fact that you're you're sanctioning 17 people who aren't here and who ostensibly have some assets here, but I don't think they. It's oh, it's they likely they do. Peter, John, they aren't going to be coming to Canada. They never had a five o'clock in Canada. Right. I, can't, I can't believe that our Minister of Foreign Affairs didn't tweet it uh, like she did when she was complaining about their treatment of that, um, of, that, of that woman in the summertime, and everybody in the world laughed. I and mean, what's happening is that Canada is, is becoming an international joke. Uh, and, and probably Friedland was giving that notice today, speaking to the press, instead of tweeting, because our prime minister got to Argentina for the G20 and promptly went off and gave a speech to some Argentinians about gender equality. I mean, our country is going down a rat hole as far as the economy is going, and he's off, traipsing around now, uh, and he should be at the G20, 
But he's talking about gender equality. And meanwhile, our Minister of Foreign Affairs is making, I think, a laughingstock of Canada. I agree with both of you. Say, well, who cares? And if we are serious about it, we would be pursuing it. But on the other hand, we have to wait for the CIA and for the American government to do something about it. And that mm. could be quite a wait because... <laughs> They're uh, not they going to do anything like, about it. They have Probably the evidence not. on it, but Donald Trump does business. His family does business with Saudi Arabia, and he is not going to go after the crown prince because he's making too much money out of it. And to, to your point, Stephen, the, 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 the metrics of the, the article that was released, uh, you know, in terms of how, how, how Minister Friedland has described the sanctions, you know, oh. say, 17 Saudi nationals. Like, who cares? These, these people are, 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 a, are a significant rounding error on the global problem of, of what's happening. And who goes from Saudi Arabia to Canada in the winter anyway? I, I, well, <laughs> there's a point. I can just imagine myself being charged with, would you go and tell one of these guys that uh, they're not welcome in Canada? And what do you think they'd say to me? I, I'm willing to say that it would be two words, neither of which is happy or birthday. All right, uh, let's, let's move on on the subject of Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Um, a conservative political advocacy group uh, has launched a, an ad that uh, is carried on the TTC. So if you ride the subway, you're going to see this. And what it's doing is it's urging federal politicians to ban Saudi Arabian oil imports. And um, with the campaign currently supported by radio spots and a mobile billboard and an ad wrap TTC streetcar, uh, Ontario proud founder Jeff Ballingall was surprised when Canada Newswire, uh, which is uh, an organization, I'm saying this for our listeners, that distributes information to all news media so that they can come to press conferences or report which, something which, locally. Which is owned by Reuters. Yeah, okay. So, so there's CN, they're called CNW, Canada Newswire. So they're a PR Newswire service, uh, and, and they have refused distribution of the press release. And uh, essentially, that's because uh, they initially approved it, but managers gen then changed their minds after watching the campaign's video embedded on the website. Now, I've got to tell you, the website, if anybody wants to see it, is StopSaudiOil.com. So pretty simple. Why was I can it disapproved, Peter? Well, it was disapproved because it goes against their policies of uh, being um, discriminatory against any particular group. My attitude, and I'm going to be very open about this, and then I'll throw it to you, uh, is I really don't care about Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is a country that uh, is male-biased. Saudi Arabia... Uh, basically charged uh, the, these people with these 17 people with the killing of Khashoggi in uh, the Turkish embassy. Saudi Arabia sells us oil, which we shouldn't even be buying in the first place. Uh, am, I, am I alone here, or are you with me, Stephen? Well, I think that, first of all, it's, it's foolish for us to say we aren't going to buy Saudi oil because we don't have, we have so much oil, but no pipelines and very few refineries because so I, so I don't know the details of it all, but if we didn't buy Saudi oil, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Canadians who are freezing in the dark. So I don't like that advocacy. As far as the issue that you brought up initially, though, Peter, is either there should be censorship. Well, I mean, they aren't talking about anything, in my view, that's against the law or against the criminal code or against Canadian mores. So they shouldn't be censored. If they're talking about advocating uh, horrible crimes... That's one thing. We are talking about Saudi Arabia and some oil. So why would anybody, Canada Newswire or anybody else, 
say, well, we, we aren't going to print that ad. This is just, this is Because uh, I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to be nasty towards the crappy Saudis. I, I detest that country. I don't think we should be anywhere near it. Yeah, and let, it well, if we have ads, I'll let it go, Peter. What's the matter with that? No, no, I'm, I'm fine on. with the ads. By the way, guys, guys, it, it's really important to, to, to nail down a couple criteria around oil. Yeah. There's sweet crude, there's non-sweet crude, there's bitumen-based yeah. oil. What happens and what's derived from Canadian oil pots I say that word in terms of like where we take our oil out of the ground is going to be dramatically different to what happens and what's taken out and sold out of Saudi Arabia. The most important yeah. criteria here is why this is happening. And this is actually something that has spanned in, in, in as somebody who spends a lot of time looking at the energy industry since Barack Obama was elected in 2008, more than, than any other president in the United States, more Oil refineries on the eastern seaboard of the United States opened up during this presidency and obviously has continued to grow. And it's really just a functionality of influence coming from outside of the country. So whether like this is this is this is like going to see a magic show. One guy's shaking his hand here and the trick is happening in the other hand. This has nothing really <laughs> to do with Saudi oil. You can't have the conversation we just had and not think that the two are connected. Well, we just and, well, well, all look, look at guys. Concerned. Guys, all this is really about, in, in case of this ad, if they want to advocate not using Saudi oil, we can have that discussion. But yeah. this is about whether or not I or you guys can criticize Saudi Arabia. I can't think of any country that's better to criticize. So why would anybody attempt to have, have some censorship over that ad? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Well, and that's what I... The first issue is censorship, and they're completely wrong on that. The second issue is Saudi oil, and, and my concern is that if we didn't have it, I don't know. I don't know the business like John does, and John, like your view on this, if we didn't have Saudi oil coming into either Canada or the States, would we not be freezing in the dark, particularly well, in the East Coast? That's a really good question. Look, the Washington Post had a tremendous article on Tuesday uh, which talked about the diminished power that OPEC has, and we still live in this post-hangover of the idea that OPEC and the nations that are part of it have this, this stronghold. Yeah. And Jimmy and, Carter is the longer it's president. Fair to say, but it's fair to say that they do. And the one thing that Canadians need to get over is that Canadian oil is, gonna, is, is going to somehow power our country. We make yeah. more money selling it overseas. So you've got to buy it from somewhere else. Insular politics, leave it to idiots like Trump. Like I don't want to buy it from Saudi Arabia. That's all I have to say on it. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We're in the middle of Counterpoint with John Dwyer on the panel, director at Arias Technologies, and Stephen Ledrew. You know Stephen, he's a broadcaster, journalist, and he's also former president of the Liberal Party of Canada. All right, guys, uh, this is a Canada story, and I think you're aware of it. Uh, the parliamentary budget officer has said that uh, going into 2019, we can expect to spend $400 million on what we... Um, what we tend to call asylum seekers. I don't like the word. I, I call them uh, illegal migrants. I'm not saying we uh, we shouldn't be allowing them in. I'm saying we shouldn't allow them in in the way that we do. But uh, Okay, you can call them that, but we're not going to get into that debate so much. What I'm concerned about is this. We're spending $400 million because 
we have to uh, provide health and food and housing and all the things that are necessary. The money, for some reason, never gets to uh, where it should be like the cities. We know that Toronto is wanting for money. We know that the province is wanting for money. But yet uh, the, the hits just keep on coming. And by the way, the people who ultimately are not approved as refugees and are turfed from the country, not many of them, but they are, they're the most expensive ones because it takes the longest period of time to come to the conclusion uh, one way or another on them. So the question that I'm putting to you is, are we at a point where we're spending too much money on this? And should we or or should we be considering putting a stop, at least temporarily, to uh, migrants coming over the borders without doing it the legal way with, with some process? Let's go to you first, uh, Stephen. Well, I think that uh, that should have been stopped no matter what the bill is. As far as the $400 million, Peter, I think we should be spending more money because John Tory, the mayor of the city of Toronto, has been saying that Toronto is getting sapped. Uh, they're paying an awful lot of money out that they didn't budget for. They didn't ask for it. Trudeau was doing it, and I know the two of them had conversations, and they say, yeah, manana, manana, is going to happen. Well, they should spend more money. Let's have the real cost of what it's costing. And then people in Canada will realize that the federal government's policy with respect to people who are not going across the normal border crossings. I, I mean, I'm a big believer in immigration. And I'm a big believer in, in allowing true refugees into this country. And, you know, we are a huge country, and we can take a lot of good people in here. But what's happening is that our system is being abused, and it, it's, it's not running the right way as because of the direct responsibility of the federal government. So I wish the, the Parliamentary Budget Chief said, Peter, that it was going to be a billion dollars. So people would perhaps get upset and say, something's got to happen with this. You know, well, I, I, I come on the show and I want to disagree with Stephen and I can't. You're absolutely right. <laughs> $400 million is a rounding error. And the fact that we're even contemplating whether or not that's a lot of money in terms of taking these folks in, we should be ashamed of ourselves. People don't come to the border and cross illegally because they had a great time where they came from. This country in the United States and many others around the world will, were built by folks that were forced to come here. We, the, the, the functionality of a modern democracy or otherwise is to, is to account for these kind of situations. And it is our duty. It's our duty to make sure that when these people come here, we do treat them properly and we do give them health care. And, you know, well, that's quite a that's quite a speech, John. Because I got to tell you, you're talking about people who, in large degree, are walking over an ad hoc border at Le Col, Quebec, where a mile away there's a legitimate border. They're coming in from what country? The United States. What do we have with the United States? Safe third party agreement that says that we don't do that. So, as far as you're concerned, you want to be a nice guy and let immigrants in. And I agree no, with everything no, Stephen nice said. Guy. No, no, no. So listen. That, that, that is a simplification of what's happening here. It's about the civility of understanding. As Thomas Hobbes said, life is nasty, savage, brutish, and short. Life is increasingly nastier. And Canada has 34 million people. If you own a business in this country, which I do, you go and try and sell products across this country. Outside of an Ontario and Alberta, it is so scarcely populated. We have an opportunity to grow this country. We're going to do it with people. And you know what? We, they are going to be well, why isn't there process to growing with people? I agree with you. Well, the immigration department is completely run like a bunch of idiots. That's why there is process. It should be it should be changed, 
and we should stop people from walking across and getting wool mittens from those nice ladies who give those kids wool mittens and uh, say they're a proper process. It's to be so let me this. see. Can I summarize this? What, what I'm hearing all around the table is we all agree that uh, immigration is required in Canada. We all agree that we should be sensitive to the fact that there are people who really do need to get away from where they've been. I think we all do agree on that. But I, I don't think we're agreeing, and John, you seem to be the odd man out, on the fact that this should be done through a reasonable process that we can control. You cannot control a a, a situation where people live in chaos. And we have this incredibly brilliant life. I mean, look, we're in Toronto. We're in the greatest city on the face of the earth, in the greatest country on the face of the earth. These people don't have the same incredible lives that we lead. And we need to be sympathetic to that because if we're not, what is it worth? We will go out tomorrow morning and find a way to make money and do great things and raise great kids. But we have to, we have to, John, you'll agree that we have to control our borders. A country that can't no. control its borders is not a country. We can't allow people just to walk across what an undefended border. 10,000 people that come across the borders, we're talking about $400 million. Do you know that Ontario is the largest sub-sovereign borrower in the world? We have the largest sub-sovereign debt. And we're talking about four hundred million bucks for four people crossing border. Give me that's, a break. That's what time. Okay, guys, now. guys, guys. I'm I'm doing the time sign, and the reason I'm doing the time sign is we've been ten minutes on this, and I think we've gotten to the point where we all have stated our cases, and we're not going to convince each other. So I want to do a quick last one to make it a little lighter. John, go ahead. I just want to make it a little lighter and and close it out. Netflix Canada has decided that uh, it's worth thirty percent more in one fell swoop than what we've been paying, so we're going up three bucks to thirteen ninety nine. Worth it and is streaming the future. John? Yes, worth it. All day long. Uh, uh, my wife is at French class this evening. I'm looking after my gorgeous little four year old. She's in bed right now. Hopefully I don't wake her up. And but you're watching watch, Mozart. And we're watching yeah. But you know what we watch everything on Netflix and we just switch from uh, one company to the other, I won't say because one of them may own the radio station I'm currently on. But look, the fact of the matter is it's a steal. And the fact that they still charge eight ninety nine. I mean, even if they just tag it to inflation, it should be more than what they're charging. There so, you go. Take the last word, Stephen. I'm sure, I can't believe that uh, that John's not watching Tucker Carlson. First of all, uh, <laughs> and, and secondly, I I think it's a huge jump, and I would like someone in Netflix to say we are no longer going to pay female actors substandard as they did in uh, what was the, the, the famous one with uh, Queen Elizabeth. Um, the Crown. The Crown, which yeah. was a great series. And then afterwards, it says they're paying, you know, the guy pay, uh, played uh, Prince Philip a lot more than her. Well, that's ridiculous. Netflix okay. should get into I the get, 21st century. But we all love Netflix. We agree on that. Well, some of the shows, yes. I, th- I think well, it's great. I think well, it's We all like Tucker Carlson. You know that, Pierre. Well, I know no, you no, love him particularly. But... Because I'm on the show sometimes. There you go. <laughs> uh, guys, we're out of time, and uh, it's been fun as usual. Thanks so much to John Dwyer, Director at Arius Technologies, and thank you, too, to Stephen Ledrew, broadcaster, journalist, and uh, former president of the Liberal Party of Canada. We'll talk to you again. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.